This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Cruise Control is brought to you by Shell Fuel Save 95. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome to Cruise Control this evening. My name is Rich Bradbury. As usual, I'm joined by my friends Ali Johan and, of course, Daniel Fernandez from dsf.my. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Ali. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Big news, guys. Big news. Yeah. Daniel, how are you? Oh, wonderful, Richard. How are you, Ali? Uh, listeners, thank you for still listening in to us. From all over the world, it seems. Yes. Now, a show in three parts, as usual this week. Uh, some news at the top of the show, followed by a little bit of a, well, a discussion about um, EV ownership after what, was ha- after what happened in the budget. And, of course, a car review at the end of the show is the Honda City V1.5 VTEC. But big news this morning. Ali, would you be the gentleman to deliver this news to the radio listeners of Malaysia? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm honoured to do this. Um, <laughs> we have no new car launches this week, but this just came in this morning. Um, the Ministry of International Trade, MITI, has approved Tesla's application to set up shop in Malaysia. Tesla is set to officially enter the Malaysian market and be part of the EV ecosystem here. They're going to open up a sales office and a service centre as well. We've all been waiting for this. So many Tesla lovers have been waiting for this. But the only people not waiting for this, I'll tell you who you know, the private importers who bring in (laughs) Teslas. Because, Because this means the glory days of high profits are going to be disappearing. That's number one. Number two, whatever stock they have right now, there'll be a fire sale. And I'll tell you why a fire sale. Because before this, we have shared prices of Tesla vehicles in Thailand, official prices in Thailand. Because you must understand, these cars have no tax. So whatever you sell in Thailand and Malaysia should be about the same because there also they have their, you know, their local margins and, and everything else. From as low as 280 over 1,000 ringgit right up to about 400,000 ringgit. Haha. And here they're selling for about, you know, 90,000 margin per car. So it's going to be a tough time for the for the private importers. And I think they're slowly going to shy away from this model. And with Tesla officially coming in, those who bought all this uh, you know reconditioned or used or new Teslas from private importers can now get some form of after sales and parts. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, of course, uh, we, we saw some of this uh, information coming out via Twitter as well. And right. one of the tweets that has come through uh, from Tunku Zafral, this is a direct quote from his Twitter, uh, that the entry of Tesla has been facilitated by Miti through the introduction of the BEV Global Leaders Initiative, which aims to help boost BEV demand in the local market. Tesla is the first applicant of this initiative by Miti. There you go. Questions, of course, that does raise um, about APs and, you know, who has the AP, who doesn't have the AP. Are they even using APs anymore then with this new that system? That is a that good so- last bit to say because now Tesla's business model around the globe is we come into a country, we own the business, we mm-hmm. run the business. We don't have local partners, but we hire local people and we hire local people to help us with the business, but we own it, okay? Mm, mm. So that means they 
supposedly got this deal without an AP partner. Now, we did write an article some weeks ago asking who will be the AP partner for Tesla in Malaysia. Yeah. And we had a lot of great comments coming in about, oh, I know, why AP, blah, 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 and everything else. So could this be the first of Miti removing APs for brands to come into Malaysia? Now, this could start a major chain reaction with established brands here who have been forced to work with AP partners all this while. Mm-hmm. Mm. And with that, of course, we should over time see the dropping of prices in local vehicles, correct? Yes, because if you remove the middleman, which is what really it is, mm. that means car prices will come down. But that will also mean a lot of votes will be lost at the next general elections. Well, that's okay. There's always going to be another election, isn't there? <laughs> yes. Wow, this is going to get so it's going to so be great news for consumers. And you know what? You're going to get some really interesting test drives, Daniel. Uh, well, I think, you know, the cars will be sold out so fast, they won't even bother giving it to us to test drive. They'll say, we don't need you. It's already marketed itself before it's even got here. Yes, you know? yes. That's, that's the thing. Okay, so that's the big news to start off the top of the show then. Yeah, actually, wow. that's all the news that we're going to have this week. That's all the news <laughs> worth reporting on the show. <laughs> we have a couple of news service and sales centres that have just opened. Uh, one of them is Volvo's new 3S centre opening up in Setia Alam, which is now under Saim Dhabi Swedish Auto. is uh, one of Malaysia's leading automotive retail groups. Uh, 3S Centre is the sales, service and body and paint repair centres. And it's a state-of-the-art building with four charging bays on the premise, as well as, you know, they've got this nice living room concept going on. So you can actually have a Scandinavian experience while waiting for your cars at the Setia Alam service centre, Daniel? Yes, and you know, if, if you if you find Setia Alam a bit too far, you can also go to their showroom in uh, Ara Damansara where they have the the, the first Saim Dhabi uh, Volvo showroom. And if you find that also too far, you can just go to your nearest IKEA furniture centre <laughs> and to get the same Swedish <laughs> furniture experience. Without the car, obviously. <laughs> Without the car, yes, sir. Right. Another service centre opened up over in Bintulu, Sarawak. Mitsubishi Motors just launched this new 4S centre in Bintulu. It is by Auto Pacifica, Sanjan Berhad. Mitsubishi and Borneo Really popular there, Daniel. Yes, and I, I was actually quite surprised to find find out about this a couple of weeks ago, but they confirmed it just a few days ago with a press release. Now, why I'm surprised is I'm saying this because Mitsubishi, uh, great brand, you know, long-term uh, partnership in Malaysia. They were once a partner of Proton. Now, the strange thing, they have only two products. They have the Triton, which is one of the best-selling pickup trucks, and they got the Expander, right? Which is a nice uh, MPV, which is still doing very well. Now, with just two products in their showrooms... Uh, nationwide, they're able to take a huge chunk of the sales pie and keep good profits running. And for a dealer to come and expand like this, there's some magic going on. You you get what I mean? Hmm. I mean, this is not a one-unit showroom. This is a large showroom covering maybe four or five uh, lots in Sarawak. And, you know, Sarawak, of course, you know, they, they buy a lot of four-wheel drives. So that puts the, 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 the Triton in, in good standing. But with the expander having so many rivals coming to the market right now, it's still doing very well. So I'm quite surprised with Mitsubishi and I think they're quite daring uh, with their dealers to keep breaking new ground and opening new big showrooms. Yeah. So maybe, and you heard it here first, maybe they've got a new interesting model coming. Which model are you thinking? You heard it here first, but we're not telling you all first. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, expansion means there's something exciting coming, right? Now. Yes, 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 yes. Interesting. So we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. You'll hear it on BFM, don't worry. 
moving back to Semenanjung and going up north to Penang because um, Auto Bavaria, which is the largest network of authorised dealer representatives for premium cars like BMW, BMW Motorrad and Mini, they have set up the first EV charging facilities for the brand Mini in uh, Penang, in Gurney Plaza actually. Now, this EV charging facility is located on level 6 at the mall. It features three Gen 3 wall box capable of charging fully electric and also plug-in hybrid vehicles. This means we are seeing more and more charging infrastructures outside of the Klang Valley area. Well, you see, the thing is now, they've started selling a lot of these mini electric cars and it, the demand is not slowing down. The demand is actually moving upwards quite healthily. Depends on delivery, which is always a question now with electric cars. So having mm-hmm. this dedicated mini charging facility, I think it's a good idea. It's also very good for branding because it's got that whole mini vibe, you know, when you look at the way it's been decorated and everything else. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to stop another vehicle coming and charging there. In time to come, I think it's just free for all. You just pay money and you just charge your car. Operating hours at the charging bays are open from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. If you're in Penang and you drive an electric car, feel free to check out the uh, new charging base at Gurney Plaza Penang on Level 6. This was built by uh, Mini. So I thought we didn't have any news about car launch, but we have one. Uh, it's not out in the markets just yet. It's, it's not really a launch. It's a teaser and a booking opening. For the Toyota Vios, they just shared mm. the brochure, Toyota Vios 2023 sedan. It's open for booking now, Daniel. Yes, it's open for booking. The last couple of years, Toyota has, has uh, woken up uh, to a new way of marketing their cars, a lot of social media activity, a lot of teasers. With this car, however, I'm a little bit worried. And I'll say why I'm worried is because Toyota is, is bringing to market a brand new Vios. Great. It's about mm-hmm. time. The old Vios even though it's a few years old, it still looks fresh and exciting. But this one has got more tech on the inside and slightly higher safety features. So a lot of um, comments have been coming. Ever since we put it up, a lot of comments have been coming. Uh, slightly negative because they're still showing us the same engine and gearbox from before, which is the 1.5 petrol with the same gearbox. Now, Toyota in other markets, like for example, Thailand, has another engine option, which is a 1.2-litre turbo. But that engine is not going to be offered in Malaysia right now. Maybe later, maybe later. But the comments are saying, you know, if your competitors are bringing new engines, new gearboxes, why aren't you doing the same thing, you know? (laughs) And on top of that, prices have gone up. Oh, by how much? About almost 8,000 ringgit. You know, this is a very price-sensitive segment because... The Vios has always been a car, it's either you move up from a Perdua or Proton to a Toyota or a Honda, for example, you know, um, if you're driving a Toyota and you're happy with it, you'll probably stay with the brand or the model, uh, model after model after model. I know some people who bought the first Vios, you know, almost two decades ago, and every time a new model comes out, they just trade in for the next model because they're happy with it, you know. But if you're driving the current Vios, which is, like I said, it still looks very fresh and exciting, you might be thinking twice, should I actually pay more money and get the new Vios, even though it looks newer and everything else, but I'm getting the same engine and gearbox. You know? Huh. So this is this is where I'm a little bit... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where's their, their strategy here. So maybe launch this first and then maybe a couple of months later launch the new engine and gearbox, which will then be slightly more expensive. And you know, 90,000 to 97,000 is a very, very risky price range, you know? Yeah. Because the competitors are around 80 to 90,000. Mm, okay. And even if you say okay. the competitors yeah. are uh, the, the Honda City 
and Nissan Almera. You must also understand, you've got the Ativa, which is at 70,000, even though it's a hatchback, and even though it's a smaller engine, it's still a competitor, you know? Mm, mm. Uh, so it's a, it's, but whatever it is, they will still sell a lot. There will still be a lot of bookings. Now, one other thing which I'm a little bit confused, and I hope by, by mentioning this on air, some feedback will come back. In the advert, from day one, from the teaser image right now, they are calling this vehicle a fastback. Hmm. Huh. Now, in my understanding, fastback means you have a rear hatch that opens with the glass. Yes. Okay? So, like the uh, the old Skodas were fastbacks. The Volkswagen Arteon is a fastback, you know? Mm. But this is a sedan. The boot opens and then you got the fixed window at the back. So, I'm trying to figure out where is the word fastback being used or why is it being used in a sedan? Unless, for the Malaysian market, they've decided to reconstruct the whole rear of the car. Does the back slope continuously down to the bumper? It, it, it appears to do so, but it's not really. Ah. As you can see from the pictures, very streamlined shape. But in my understanding, this is still not a fastback. It's a sedan. You know? But anyway, this is the all-new Vios. It's going to be slightly bigger. It's going to be slightly wider. It's going to be slightly more spacious. Like I said, more tech. It's going to have a new platform, which is uh, going to be shared with the Toyota Velos and some other vehicles from Toyota. So all in all, actually, it's, it, there's a lot of new in the car, but it's just the engine and gearbox, which is not exciting enough to compete with the current offerings. Looking at the global side of things, in China, um, seems like there's trouble in paradise because BMW just recalled over 94,000 cars and almost all of them are EVs. This is due to a high-voltage system and pedestrian protection system that's malfunctioning in their cars, as well as some cars have a front passenger airbag issue. So about 99% of all these vehicles are EVs, and this, I guess, suggests that even Malaysia should be recalling this. What, what are we looking at here, Daniel? Well, you know, EVs are all fully imported right now, whether they're left-hand drive, right-hand drive. Of course, China is all left-hand drive, so, so maybe it doesn't apply to Malaysia, but in my opinion, I think... It should be all BMW EVs across the globe. Because why? This sounds very much like a software issue. It's, a, it's, not, it's not like a technical product, like, you know, like a technical part, sorry. Right. Uh, because technical parts, you can say left-hand drive, right-hand drive. This is a software thing because the software is shared across the board with any country, right? So this, I'm thinking, is something that should be done globally. Maybe they're doing it in China first because maybe it's the first batch that went there. Or maybe the second batch, they, they had already corrected the problem. So we don't really know what's happening because uh, officially this just came out of the Reuters news. So we'll have to wait and see whether BMW Malaysia does a recall. But I do know for a fact that some BMW iX owners in Malaysia have been having problems with their software over the last year. The vehicle is selling very well. But like we did an article um, a couple of months ago there are quite a few units going on sale second-hand even before it's six months old. Hmm. So this could be owners having problems that can't be fixed and they're losing up to 80,000, 90,000 ringgit per unit. We'll have to wait and see. But you know, again, electric car technology is still new. The software is still new. There could be problems cropping up even in the next couple of years. Yeah, and companies like BMW do this recall process really seamlessly actually um, they do it in yeah. three phases if you're an owner you'll be contacted most likely if yeah. um, they know they, they don't want to kill their customer base and branding so they, they're very good at recalls they, they look after the customers but again you know when people buy an expensive car any kind 
for the matter of fact. They don't want to keep going back for issues, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Okay, folks, you are tuned in to uh, Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. We are going to take a uh, quick break while we check out Elon Musk's tweets. But of course, when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit about Malaysian EV ownership. Will the revised budget 2023 or the budget 2023 part B, whatever you want to call it, truly help Malaysians with EV ownership? Of course, we'll be all on that when we come back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. Cruise Control is brought to you by Shell Fuel Save 95. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury, and of course, I'm joined by Ali Johan and Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. This is Cruise Control. If you're only just joining us, we've had a little bit of a chat about the news that we've learned about Tesla's entry into Malaysia. Uh, We don't know too much detail about it yet, but, you know, if you go back and listen to the podcast a little bit later on, you'll find some more information. And of course, we spoke about Volvo and Mitsubishi opening up new sales centers and service centers, the Toyota Vios 2023 and the BMW recall over in China. Now, um, we should talk about the budget then. I know it's not the most exciting of things to talk about most of the time for some people, um, but there was some movement in there. And do we think, Daniel, that this revised budget 2023 will help Malaysians with EV ownership? Okay. Budget was done, for for me, for the automotive segment, it was done as per every other budget. It doesn't change my life or the people that earn, you know, below 5,000 ringgit a month, for example, you know? Mm. I don't, I've never seen a budget that, wow, this is going to help us, you know? Mm. When it comes to automotive, for example, car prices have never come down. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, tax on spare parts never came down. Tax on tires, tax on after sales, tax on, uh, you know, anything to do with the vehicle has never be, has never come to a point where the, the lower income group or, you know, those who drive cars below 100,000 or even, even let's say, 150,000, you know, there's a bigger group. Uh, none of them have said, hey, finally a budget that looked after me in terms of car ownership. And you see, even with the EVs now, when they first said a couple of years ago, we're going to abolish the tax and we're going to, you know, let electric, electric cars come in uh, tax-free, everybody got excited. Everybody got excited, even the low-income group, even people buying Perduas and Protons, who yeah. don't dream of owning these cars, but they need these cars and they want they want just reliable, efficient motoring, rushed out and buy, bought cars because why? They still couldn't afford the cheapest EV, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is not because of the budget, that's because of our exchange rate. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've said it many times, but I'm trying to explain it clearly because if your exchange rate is not favorable to the US dollar, whatever that's being purchased overseas and brought back here, even without tax, like now with, with electric cars being tax-free, only the rich are enjoying it. And when you look at all the electric cars on sale right now on the road, it's all premium models. Yes, finally some non-premium models are starting to sell really well, like the BYD, Atua 3 and the Aura Good Cat from Great Wall. Now even that, is still not going to help people who's looking at cars around 100, 120,000 to be able to afford these EVs in terms of the long range ones are still 150 to 160,000 ringgit. Yeah. Now you might say, okay, 120,000 your budget. You can stretch it to 140. No, no, no. 
when your budget is 120 you stretched it to the max you know what i mean right yeah yeah even when they want to buy a japanese car costing 150 160 they can't reach it they say never mind i'll buy the lower spec model for example a honda city for 90000 can the person buy a honda civic for 120000 no he would like the civic but he can't afford it and the person who has a honda civic might want to buy a honda accord a bigger car but he can't afford it because it's 30000 more mm. so when you come to a budget like this it's great for the wealthy malaysians why i say the wealthy malaysians because they used to pay a high tax on the cars they bought for example right. you know premium german cars premium japanese cars right now they are getting high quality electric cars tax free mm. it's not benefiting the man on the street it's not at all right so you can you can extend this tax this tax free tax thing to even another 10 years I don't think the average man will ever be able to afford an electric car. You know, you see like the BYD selling well, but it's 160 170,000 like like the like the Great Wall Aura Cat and you see the people going in there, they are above middle class. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see a middle class person going in there, it's most of the time okay, I'm going to stretch my budget because why? I'm going to save on petrol. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've calculated and said, okay, you know, if I buy this electric car, I'm going to save on petrol for the next how many years? they have not calculated the cost of charging yes it's cheaper than petrol but still there's a cost and on top of that electric cars are not 100% maintenance free you and i know that electric car tires are slightly more expensive electric car braking system yes they are not so often to be changed but they are still more expensive electric cars are heavy heavy means their parts are more uh, expensive like suspension parts are more expensive and because these cars are not mass produced like our our regular cars if you have a small accident or you know fender bender or whatever the replacement parts are not that cheap now when it's new it's all shiny and 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 bright so they are going to be in for a shock in years to come which some people have already had small fender benders and are shaking their head saying i can't fix this car you know mm. Mm. so this budget right now for the electric car movement is only going to benefit the rich they will get tax free electric cars premium cars they already have other cars in the house that use either petrol or diesel so they have no issue with charging infrastructure once in a while they'll do a road trip and charge in two places and and take pictures and put on social media and you know get plenty of claps from people saying oh you're all green you're all emission free you know but again the charging infrastructure is being powered by coal mm. that let me just interrupt and ask you a quick question then right so Obviously you, you can't make a a huge change in the budget overnight right and and, and simply eliminate all costs and make you know electric vehicles uh, affordable to everybody that impossible right right is this though do you see it in your opinion a step in the right direction though okay if i was hired by these people to make a decision on the budget i would say still put a tax on premium electric cars i'm sorry a lot of people are going to be upset but still put a premium on electric car premium electric cars but lower the tax on hybrid cars not plug in hybrids full hybrids now why i say hybrids because most of the brands including perdua have hybrids now hybrids are not going to take away your reliance on on fuel but they use less fuel and right. they don't need charging infrastructure mm. Mm. so you don't need to go to the petrol station to use a battery charger right 
mm-hmm. which is what a lot of stations are now having. And then you don't need to worry about charging at home because why? The car regenerates power, it uses less fuel, it's got a smaller battery pack. Even after 8 to 10 years, if the battery pack needs to be changed, it is not expensive. And I think that is the way to go. Still collect the money from the premium electric cars and mm. use it to subsidize the tax on hybrid cars. Okay, interesting. That's the way approach. I look at it. Because why? Every manufacturer will have it easy to bring in a hybrid. And you don't have to rush out and build 1,000 chargers around the country and you know put our grid in trouble. That's another issue. How many of these people who made claims in the last one year, oh, I'm going to have 1,000 chargers by the end of the year, I'm going to have 500. None of them have fulfilled their commitment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Others have come into the market like Jantari and TNB Electron, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this this is, it's a, I, I think there's a lot of people making promises that they can't keep. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we're going to take another short break here. Of course, that was uh, Daniel's comment on the budget 2023 2.0, whether or not Malaysians, uh, whether it's going to help Malaysians with EV ownership. I I think the short answer to that then is uh, no, right? Mm, No. We could have probably cut out 10 minutes of this uh, show. Uh, (laughs) But we don't want to do that because we like it when Daniel talks, don't we, Ali? Yeah, sure, sure. It's great. We are going to take a short break. And of course, we will be back in just a few moments. Daniel's going to be uh, doing a car review on the Honda City 1.5 Vita. All that's all coming up after these messages here on BFM 89.9. Cruise Control is brought to you by Shell Fuel Save 95. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. We're going into our third and final portion of the show. It is the car review, uh, the Honda City V, 1.5 VTEC. Daniel, take it away. Now, a lot of people are going to be surprised to hear the review of this car because this car is almost two years old, okay? Now, we have reviewed this car before. We've driven it before. Um, Actually, it was my, my, my deputy. We've got it up on DSF already. But I wanted to take this car out for one simple reason. I wanted to do an eco mode test and mm. I also wanted to do Shell RON95 fuel tests. Okay, yes. Okay. Now, recently Shell said that, you know, the new RON95 will extend your full tank by 15 kilometers. Now, that's one not much. Five. Yeah, one five. That's not much. Okay. Yeah. But it's a bold claim because why? A lot of people might not be able to get that figure and come back and say, hey, you cheated me, you know? Yes. Because of driving cycle traffic jam and everything Mm, else. mm. But when I went for the press conference, they said, no, we can, we can, we can, we can, we can. Now, the problem is I have a lot of old cars at home. So, you know, when you you take an old car and try and do a fuel test, it's very difficult, you know, Mm. because the engine is not in optimum condition. So, I called the good people at Honda and said, listen, can I borrow your most basic petrol car which you have in your fleet? They said, oh, we have the the Civic Sedan, the 1.5 V variant. I said, okay. So, I picked up the car. It was filled up with full tank of uh, Shell Ron 95, Okay, mm-hmm. took a drive to Penang, the island, went at about 7 o'clock in the morning, we left, we drove diligently, I did not speed, okay, occasionally maybe I went to about 120, but most of the time I was between 90 to 120. Okay. Okay, and the thing is, driving there, I did not use the eco mode, I left it in the normal mode. 
now. The Honda Eco Mode is actually very, very functional. It actually saves, can save you up to about 10% of fuel. But then the car is not as chirpy, is not as exciting, is not as uh, uh, responsive. Because why? It's trying to keep the gear ratios low. It's trying to save you fuel, right? So I got into Penang, parked it in the hotel. I stayed in a very central location. So everything we did, we could do in walking distance. It's just one night. The next morning, I'm coming back to my home, check out at the hotel about 7.30. I already had our breakfast and we're driving back. So it's about the same kind of temperature, same type of time. Traffic is about the same. You, you get where I'm going or not? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, but this time, there was a shell station down the road. I went to fill up. So by filling up, I can tell how much fuel I use coming down. You get what I mean? Yeah. So to put it back into full tank, using RON95 again, I spent 51 ringgit. Huh. That means I used 51 ringgit to get to Penang. What? Yes. Hmm. Wow. That includes traffic jam in Penang, crossing the bridge, the usual, you know, Tanjung Bunga traffic jam, the whole thing, you know? Mm. Mm. Now. Coming back again, traffic jam in Penang, the usual. We didn't stop anywhere. When we reached back to KL, I went to fill up, okay? Mm. And it was 38 ringgit. Okay. So you get the picture? Yeah, yeah. Right. So on average, between 51 and 38, we saved 13 ringgit of fuel. So this is a combination of the 15 kilometers from the fuel and using eco mode. Mm. So I know some people say, oh, why didn't you just use eco mode? And, you know, or why didn't you, how do we know whether shell works or not? Well, I don't have enough time to do up and down trips, you know what I mean? (laughs) Mm, mm. But I wanted to see the average person who uses eco mode on a regular car, going long distance, keeping to the speed limit, going through some traffic jam, about the same time of day, same kind of temperature. Because when we're going, so, you know, the temperature wasn't very hot until we came to about noon. So it's about the same, you know? Mm, mm. And the driving time was about the same. Almost four hours, four to four hours, four and a half hours, you know? Okay. So what I'm trying to say is, whether Shell helped or Eco Mode helped, I would say Eco Mode helped the most. Shell might have helped a little bit. Well, there you go. Again, this Honda City, it's a, it's a sensible car, nothing special. It's well, well built, nice size, uh, comfortable seats over a long distance, four hour journey. We, we were not tired, we never changed drivers. Four-cylinder engine, uh, dock IV tech, 1498cc. It's got a CVT gearbox, very simple, 121 PS. There's enough power for overtaking. There's enough power for acceleration, 145 newton meters of torque. The 0 to 100 acceleration time is 10.2 seconds. Top speed, we never tested it, is 196 kilometers an hour. So if you're not able to go and get yourself an electric car, which we were talking about earlier, uh, but you need a nice family car, decent-sized boot, comfortable interior, Safety features are all there. You got lane watch, you know, when you put the signal, the the, the, the little camera on the on the the little camera on the side view mirror on the left, it gets activated so you see your vehicle on the left on the center screen. You know, it's it's shown on the center screen. I mean, these are all little safety features that Honda has got, which the rest don't have. You know, little little extras. You know, mm-hmm. uh, multifunction steering wheel, Apple Apple CarPlay. Yeah, it's a simple car. It's a nice car. It's a simple car. Great safety features. Like I said, um, size is just right. It's got a little bit of that evergreen look, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what was funny is, uh, (laughs) when I went to the hotel and parked the car, as you can see the pictures in in my website, uh, there were so many Hondas parked there. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) I I managed to take a picture of three generations of Honda City in one picture. (laughs) 
in the hotel car park. You know, <laughs> and only when you drive a car like this, you start realizing how many of them are on the road. Just so yeah. many. I mean, until until you drive one, then only you realize. So anyway, it's a past selling vehicle. Price is eighty six thousand ringgit, and here it is. It's a direct competitor to the just uh, open for booking Toyota Vios. So if you check the spec, the engine power and everything else, uh, this car they're almost back to back about the same, but it's ten thousand ringgit cheaper. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you very much, Daniel. Thank you, thank you for having me again. Right, I, I think it's time for us to uh, wrap up for today, isn't it, folks? You have been tuned in to Cruise Control this evening. Uh, of course, um, if you missed any part of this show, we started off with some news. You may have heard it. Uh, Tesla are, in fact, indeed uh, confirmed to be coming to Malaysia, uh, and then we gave you some uh, new service and sales centers: a uh, Volvo one, a Mitsubishi one, the Toyota Vios twenty twenty three, new charging stations in Penang, BMW recording some of their cars over in China. China. The budget 2023 2.0, will it really help Malaysians with EV ownership? I'll keep that short. No, it won't. Of course, uh, the review there, of course, of the Honda City V1.5 VTEC. If you did miss any part of this show, download the podcast. It's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play via our BFM app. This has been Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9. Cruise Control was brought to you by the new and improved Shell Fuel Save 95. Now lasts up to 15 kilometers longer per tank. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.